Welcome back to another brand new episode of Girl Palette. We are finally, finally back for a brand new season. I'm Tiffany. I'm B. It has been a month of ages. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, um, take a little break. Yeah, it was well needed, though. Uh, I guess we can get into that with the catch up. Um, I guess I'll introduce our guest. Of course. <laughs> Uh, this week we are joined by uh, my mother. Uh, say hi, Ma. Hello, everyone. I'm Bria's mother. <laughs> she's uh, she's going to be joining us today, and um, I think we're going to have a good time with this one. So uh, I'm so excited! Guess- I'm so oh excited! I love, I love it! I'm so happy. Uh, so I guess after we do our catch up, we can give uh, you can like introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about how you created the best person on earth. <laughs> what a lady! <laughs> uh, Tiffany, how you been? How's your week? Or weeks? Uh, we haven't been on here in a while. Everything has been going pretty well. We took a nice little vacation for about a week. That was fun. Yes. We went to the Vero Beach area. Kendra was there with her fiance and Bria. And we just, what did we do? We had a lot. We rented a boat one of the days. We had a chef come in one night to cook. Um, went to the beach. Like every day. Yeah. The house had a pool. So we went swimming every day. And Kendra and her fiance brought their little puppy. So that was fun to play with her. And then this past week, I was also off. And my birthday was last week. So happy birthday. Nice. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. It was a really good birthday. Got a facial, had a birthday dinner. And it was nice being off for two weeks. So nice. I needed a two break. Weeks. I don't know what that's like. Yes, you do. I don't. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, can I ask a question? Yes. How did you get a facial in COVID? Oh, well, the uh, esthetician had her mask on at all times. And then also, when you go in, they don't let you go in. They have to take your temperature, ask you a series of questions. And then, um, I guess, before I go in the room, it's at a plastic surgery center. So they always sanitize. And um, yeah, that's how she did it. It was, it felt, I, I didn't feel um, uneasy about it or anything. I think it's because they do all of that stuff before I get in the room. Mm-hmm. But they haven't had any cases since they opened. So that was good yeah. to know. Well, that sounds like a good birthday. How does it feel to be 21? It feels amazing. God, you know. <laughs> Oh, man, I just, 21, what an age. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I and think that's about it for me. No, I was going to say, nothing big has been happening. It was nice just to um unwind for a bit. I started work again today. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm, I did. How it was that going back to work? Depressing. If I could pick a word. <laughs> Have they they still haven't said anything about you going back into the office? 
No, we probably won't go back until next year sometime. Which well, is fine. I'll, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Then how long? How long have you been uh, home? Since March. Wow. Yep. I'm not complaining. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, we'll see what the rest of the year holds. I guess. Yeah, I hope it holds me staying at home. Yeah. I don't want to go back yet. I don't. Yeah. How are you? I'm ready. Um, pretty much the same. Uh, like you said, we spent the last week or I guess, I don't know how many weeks ago it was together. It was really fun. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to go back to work. I was really salty that I was the only one out of the group that had to go back to work. Uh, but yeah, it was really fun. We always have fun when we're together. So we do. We laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but now I guess, uh, mom, if you want to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you don't have to go too deep, but just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself if you'd like. Can, may I make a comment or, um, uh, add a, of course, add a thought. I'm just listening to, uh, Tiffany and Bria kind of discuss vacationing and not really wanting to go back to work and how that mental challenge can weigh so heavily upon us and a lot of like Tiffany I've been home working from home since March as well um Mm -hmm. unfortunately uh, Rhea is an essential worker so she's out in it yeah every day but it just makes me think how navigating back into the new normal and like being able to take vacations and, and is it, we don't want to go back to work because of what's out there as it pertains to the pandemic, or is it just comfortable being in our own home environment and working remotely that makes us not really want to go back. So I'm just trying to process all of that. So just listening to you, Tiffany and Bria share that um, makes me just continue to think about how do we reacclimate to the new normal? So right. glad you guys had a great time. That's a really good observation. But thank you. Yeah. Would you be um, open? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm I was sorry. Just go ahead. You, no, I was going to ask you. Would you be open to going back to like brick and mortar, like nine to five or how whatever the hours are, like Monday through Friday, or or have you become okay with uh, working from home? Because I know a lot of people are like, I got to get out of here. And then some people are yeah. like, I'm cool with it. Yeah. It's interesting you should ask because, you know, this is not my first remote um, ability um, as it pertains to my job. But this is the first time I've worked consistently um, remotely from home for six consecutive months. I've had previous jobs where I could do it two or three days a week. So... And I am in a situation where I will be looking for work um, very soon. I've already started that prospect. And it's funny you should ask, Bria, because one of the things that I am trying to make a premium in my job search is I really want a remote opportunity. Now, is it because of COVID? I don't know. Or is it because I just kind of like working from home? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. You know, it was forced upon us. So we had to learn to adapt to it. But because I do like it, um, is it a preference because I really like being home or is it, is it a preference because 
I really don't know when this pandemic thing is going to settle down. So right. that's an interesting question. I'll have to keep thinking about that. But right now, my preference is to continue to work from home. So yeah, I'll have to think through and figure out what that reasoning is. <laughs> that's understandable. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, why you're so eager to join us uh, on this podcast. Uh, so my name is Pat. And if Tiffany is 21, I'll say I am, I'll stay under 40, 38. <laughs> so um, at, at the tender age of 38, um, I work in the IT profession. I've been in that profession for quite a number of years, and I'm not going to tell you because that'll distort my age. So I'll just say for several years, I've been working in the IT profession. Um, and basically parents to our only child, uh, Bria oh, is, you gotta stop saying my first and last name. <laughs> I didn't know first the rules names. of engagement, but That's nevertheless, okay. she <laughs> is an amazing daughter. Um, just kind of the, the the cream in our coffee, the apple of our eye. Um, just pretty much our life, love, and joy. So, um, so she entertains us. She um, looks out for us. I guess she knows if something happens to us, it's falling on her. <laughs> so she makes it sure is. we stay healthy. But um, that's pretty much the short version, uh, Bria. I don't want to take up too much time talking about me since I'm joining as a visitor for the first time. No, you can say whatever you want. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, mom. Um, so now we're going to segue on to um, what's on your palate. Uh, Tiffany, what's on your palate this week? Well, I just finished a TV show that I'm going to recommend that people watch called Homeland. Uh, it was, <laughs> Uh, it's finished now. I think the final season was earlier this year. It ended. And it's eight seasons. So it took me a while to watch each season. It's about 12 episodes per season. But when I say this show is amazing, it is amazing. It's starring Claire Danes. And I feel so bad because I can't remember the gentleman who is her co-star in it. But anyway. What? You? <laughs> I know. I feel it's, horrible. It's usually me that can't remember the act names of actors. I know, but trust me, when we come back from the break, I will shout him out because he did a fantastic job too. But basically, the premise of the show is Claire Danes works for the CIA and she's on, you know, covert missions internationally and every season she has to try to solve some kind of issue. But I thought the show was really good because it kind of mirrors the current political climate at times. How so? Well, I think that the writers, I'm, I don't know. This is just my opinion. I don't know any writers affiliated with the show. But I will say, in my opinion, it looks like they weren't a huge Trump fan, in a sense. And I feel like, for instance, things with some of the seasons kind of just did the complete opposite of what was happening in real life like they had a female president in one of the seasons and that was during around the time when Donald Trump became elected 
So I felt like that was like a, you know, a gotcha for him. Mm-hmm. And um, they really did show the difficulties of how it is to be a woman as president. Um, and the criticism she would take, things like that. Um, they talked about war a lot and they were strongly against it. But, you know, I think one of the characters in there was very hawkish and, you know, love to threaten countries in the Middle East for retaliation. And it was really Sounds good. Very familiar. Yeah, very intricate. And a lot of the times it kind of mirrored what was happening today. So I thought it was a really good show, very informative. And then also the series finale, the ending of that whole show just came full circle. It was one of the best I've seen in a TV series. It's on Showtime. And, uh, well, the eighth season, all seasons are on Showtime. But if you have Hulu, you can watch the first seven seasons on there. So, oh, okay, yeah, it's a great show. I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Have you noticed that a lot of shows that are coming out or that have been out, let's say like the last five, four or five years, series have been highly around like politics, um, have been the main basis of the show. And the crazier thing is that a lot of the plots and the episodes and shows that I've seen directly, you know, either have something to do with what's going on in real time or you know very relatable oh yeah absolutely like i remember when scandal came on i was just like what this Mm -hmm. is crazy and now it's just like uh you know what you can happen on scandal spoiler alert millie a woman won the presidential election you know yeah like that's how homeland was a woman was in the white house and um, I don't want to spoil it, but some stuff happens where you just think, wow, you know, like, what if this was real life? You know, like, what what have changed? How will the world be different if Hillary Clinton won the election instead? So, well, yeah. I, I just think that's it. We fantasize about it and we dream about it and we, you know, we think it's a possibility and then we get the opportunity to make it happen and for all the wrong reasons we 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 don't as americans follow through with what should have been Mm -hmm. the opportunity to have a first uh woman president so um i i think a lot of times we say it but it was a lot of suburban women who didn't see women as women of power Mm-hmm. and um, voted with their husbands and has a lot to do with why she's not president. I'm not saying it has all to do, but I think we found a lot of reasons why not to make Hillary Clinton the yeah. president when she was clearly the most qualified. So um, it's interesting that we talk about it and we we do shows and we do narratives about it's time, it's time, it's time. And then when that time is upon us, we we don't follow through as Americans. So interesting thought. Yeah, that's a good point because I remember when the election happened, well, when they were campaigning, some women would be interviewed and they would say exactly that. Like, well, she's a woman. You know, I really think men should have those positions of power where yeah. we as women are just way too emotional and all of that. And right. 
I remember um, when we were at the beach house, Bria, I can't remember his name, but the political oh, person, yeah, he um, would interview, what was his name? Uh, Kepler. Jo- uh, Ted? It's Jordan Kepler. No, I think it's Jordan Kepler. He's uh, He works with Trevor Noah. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. he would go around to different rallies, and when he spoke to a woman, she said the same thing, like, oh, you know, women are too emotional, we just push the push, you know, in quotes, the button and start wars and all of that. And then he made a point. He was like, but hasn't it been only men who started war so far? Right. And she was like, oh, that's true. It was just crazy. It was crazy to hear women say that nowadays. I could see if it was maybe in the 40s or the 50s because women were supposed to be, you know, silenced and very submissive and not really have a voice, but this was not that long ago, you know? It's so weird. Right. Right. Yeah. I just thought you it was know? noteworthy that we talk about it, but we need to understand that it's women who are blocking women from being the thing that we say we yeah. want the most. Yeah. In in our America. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You have a point there. And you know, I don't want to go off the rails and we're not a political podcast. We don't, you know, really discuss a lot of it, but you know, even having this conversation with you guys, like, am I the only one nervous about November? <sighs> like, I, I, I've had to refrain myself from, like, just watching the news as much as I watch it, just because there's so much, I feel, going on from every single angle. And I'm, quite frankly, I am nervous. I'm very nervous about what will happen. And if the worst happens, I, I don't even know after that, like, what, what's to come. I'm very nervous. So to your point, Bria, not to be overly politicized, I know what I want to happen and I vacillate in and out of feeling comfortable. I've not felt great with what I want to happen, but feeling comfortable and then something will happen or some storyline will make me question, is this going to be legit? And I would be remiss if I didn't say the 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 loss of the notorious RBG on Friday evening. Yeah. You know, I had a mic drop moment because that could change the tra- tra- trajectory on either side, depending on who that motivates. But I don't know. I know we're from different generations, but. If you don't know a lot about RBG and what she represented and the laws that she influenced and the things that mm-hmm. she did as a, as a Supreme Justice, I would encourage you and any of your listeners to really understand who she was. Yeah. And when we talk about replacing uh, Supreme Court Justice, know what she represented, know what she influenced, know what changes she made happen. And, you know, really be about what's going to be best for America when we talk about the Supreme Court. And so, you know, that was one of those things, uh, Bria, to your point where, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was feeling okay. Uh, and then that happened Friday night. And I I don't know how I feel about the fact that she passed away, you know, yeah, and that they're trying to force this thing through. I, I just don't know what that means for us. She's a, she was fantastic. There's a really good documentary about her called RBG. I believe it's available on Hulu now. Mm-hmm. It's great. 
So if you've seen that, Tiffany, you know exactly um, who she is and what she represents. Oh, yes. And oh, yeah. I don't know how in modern times when we're so divided as a nation that we could replace someone who could be so focused on women's rights and women's issues and just really the American people being focused. She was not politicized, but she definitely had the things that she fought for and she basically died fighting for it. And yeah. um, the representation of that in today's society under the current administration, I don't know that we have the uh, opportunity to see something like that, uh, someone of that magnitude be uh, a replacement for what we lost. Nope. So, and I'll pull back from the politics a little bit, Bria. <laughs> Based on what you said, we're no, not I mean, it was good. It was no. good dialogue. I mean, it didn't get too heavy, but I feel like, you know, it kind of led into something that we're all kind of, you know, we have our foot in, we're, we're engaged and, you know, it would have been a, a good discussion. So that's all right. Um, now we'll move on to uh, noteworthy news. So just to lighten it up a bit, uh, you kind of took the thunder away from me, mom. Great job. Uh, <laughs> I was going to shout out RBG, but <laughs> we already uh, discussed that. But like she said, um, she was um, a great person, a, an advocate for gender equality, um, women's rights and um, other great things that a lot of people I'm finding, like, you know, in social media are just choosing to not, um, you know, recognize her. for So rest in power. So uh, for my noteworthy news, uh, I guess maybe a few months ago it came out that there was something going on with Ellen DeGeneres and her show. So um, I guess her um, her employees, uh, they said, came out and made reports that they had been working in a toxic work environment. Um, they didn't feel appreciated. They were treated uh, not the best. And I guess today Ellen went on her show and uh, made a statement. And she basically said that she was now taking responsibility for what happened. Um, I'm kind of confused, I guess, because the Ellen show has been going on for I don't know how many seasons. And just now it's coming to light. I don't know what sparked it, what made it happen. But to me, it always seemed like she was the person that was well-liked outside looking in. And now that all of this stuff is coming to surface, it's like, oh, no, she's horrible. Like, all these rumors are coming out. Um, I guess I wanted to see if you guys have heard about that. And then secondly, um, I guess both of you, really. It's kind of odd asking you, Mom, but whatever. Uh, have you ever been in an environment where, like, you, your boss or someone you worked for made you feel uncomfortable? You felt like you couldn't say anything or maybe if you did, what was the outcome of it? So, since I feel that was directed at me, I would like to make a comment. No, it's, on... it's open forum. Okay. So, I'd like to make a comment on, on what you said about Ellen and then answer the question that you uh, proposed. I really like Ellen J DeGeneres from what I've seen, from watching her show, from really believing that she's a champion of the, the underrepresented, um, the disenfranchised. I do think that we should note that in all things that were said or presented about this toxic environment 
there wasn't a lot of stories about Ellen per se being the culprit of the the toxicity or the abuse, be it verbal or emotional. Um, it was about her show. Um, it's my understanding when you have these shows, having a friend who's been in the industry, it can be a cast of hundreds um, that are in paid positions that make sure that things don't bubble up to the host. I think it's entirely possible that some of these things Ellen legitimately never knew about. I don't think that she's a bad person. So I think it's more to the story. And I think I applaud Ellen for fighting for her name and for her legacy. And if you know the story of Ellen and what she came from and how she survived when all the odds were against her, I find it a little hard to believe that she is this, I don't want to say villain, but, but this non-sensitive or insensitive person that her show is being challenged with. And I think the fact that she is now engaged and taking care of those things that people have bubbled up to her, I think there's a lot to be said about that because she could have taken her millions and walked away. But she is in it to fight for her name. And the reason why I bring this up is to an earlier point that Tiffany mentioned. Ellen is a woman. Any man that would have done this you know how much abuse is endured in the workplace and corporate America before a man can or will be taken down to do for creating toxicity in the workplace. So I find it hard that they're going so hard after her and it really hasn't been uh, presented that she was the one that was doing this, but more her show, her cast, her team. To answer your question, Bria, I come from corporate America, just like you and Tiffany. And, um, you know, there are laws in place that prevent, you know, workplace harassment, um, you know, workplace um, intolerance of any sort. However, I have been employed recently with a small company that is off the radar. And I can tell you, I've had, you know, eyes wide open, mouth drop, mic drop moments where, CEOs and COOs and executives are in the most heinous way verbally abusing, uh, mentally abusing on conference calls, um, subordinates, other executives. Um, and I was shocked because I've come from environments where that was a lawsuit. But in this, you know, there are a lot of small companies that are off the radar and these things happen and I can tell you if it was someone other than you know, if it was a female if it was perhaps a minority brown or black in that same role I think all kind of allegations would have been lobbied but I think there is oftentimes a place of privilege that we don't like to talk about but things do happen things of that nature do happen, Bria. And I've seen it. I've witnessed it. It was not aimed at me, but I was in a meeting where I really literally walked away because the profanity was so um, intolerable and the mental abuse and the harshness by which 
a subordinate executive was being spoken to, I did not want to participate in it because if I had to be a witness in a trial, I would say, oh, yes, it was absolutely said. So, yeah, it happens. It's never happened directly to me because I think you have to know who you are and what you represent. And no one should be allowed to speak to you in a certain way. But I know that it does happen. But I think we get a buy depending on who's saying it and who they're saying it to. So it does happen. Wow. I didn't know that. Tiffany, what do you think? Um, I think with Ellen, that whole situation, she probably, like your mom said, wasn't aware of a lot of that stuff that was going on. Because I feel like the people below her probably shielded her from that. And they thought the way they handled things was the best way to do it. And obviously, it wasn't. You know, with all of these allegations coming out and investigations and everything like that. So I feel like now people are speaking up. Probably because sometimes it only takes one person to say something for somebody else to feel more comfortable with telling their truth as they saw it as well so I do think that Ellen probably rightfully so thought it was up to her to take responsibility for what was going on just because that's her name on the show you know she's the host she's the representation of everything that show is so unfortunately that was her cross to bear and um I'm my hope is behind the scenes things really did were will really will change and she will try to probably make a better effort to be a little more involved because that's what she said. Okay, good. Because I yeah, I didn't even I haven't seen her statement, but I enjoy her mm-hmm. as a comedian. I enjoy her show. I think it's hilarious. But when you're so far removed from things and you put a lot of trust in other people to try to do things the right way or the way you would handle it, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way, you know? And unfortunately, all of this was publicized, and she had these, you know, campaigns against her and horror stories repeated, and you know what I'm saying? So you can't just not right. say anything. Right. So I'm happy she said something, and she addressed yeah. it. Yeah, and, and again, I would encourage, um, you know, Bree, Tiffany, and the listeners to find out who Ellen is, what she came from, how she had a career. It all got taken away from her for mm-hmm. being who she is. Mm-hmm. And she came, she fought against all of that. And I think because of that, she became a person who was always after the little guy and always after pulling someone up right. to help their light shine when she saw true talent. And so, you know, I don't want to prejudge, but I think she's doing it right. I think she's defending her name. And I think until someone can very specifically say, here are all the things that Ellen specifically said to me that was rude, disrespectful, condescending, you know, um, you know, abuse of all those things that the show has been accused of. I'm not sure that I believe at this point, Bria, that she was a participant in any of that. So I don't know, like I'm confused, uh, not confused, but just, uh, I guess I've opened up another 
mind bubble just from hearing you two talk because obviously like Ellen is very funny and to agree with both of you I I watch her shows and I think that she's um come a long way but when it all came up I'm just like oh okay well who's next because you don't know you know and I'm not saying that she's responsible for everything that happened a little part of me wants to believe that she wasn't blind to everything and then just hearing both of you speak reminded me of um I once was uh I was watching an episode of uh Braxton Family Values and uh Tony Braxton's sisters were at one time her background singers. And so in one scene she was explaining to them like, you know, if you mess up or if you do something, it's not on you. It's Tony Braxton's right. sister. It's right. not, you know, the person. Right. So I completely get it um in that regard, but I just never thought of it that way. Yeah. That's her show. You know, that's her name yeah. out there. Yeah. They don't, the audience doesn't see the producers who are accused of various exactly, things. Yeah. They don't see the managers. You know, they don't see HR people. When they hear about this, they just think it's on Ellen. And that's why she unfortunately has to take more responsibility behind the scenes with trying to be a little more involved. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it doesn't, history doesn't repeat itself. Yeah. She said that um, it had been investigated or they were under investigation and, um, you know, moving forward, they're making a conscious effort to ensure that, you know, no one on the team feels that way. And they're just kind of changing stuff around. So that's good. I just wanted to hear what what you guys thought about that. Yeah, because she's in a position, I think, that she could have taken the money. Okay, pay me out my contract. Let me go because I know they're going to find some stuff. She didn't do that. She hung in there. And I know it's been a lot of sleepless nights and anxiety but she stuck in there to Mm -hmm. to you know clear her name and clear her reputation and a a lot of people will take the money I mean you think about the Roger Ailes and the you know uh, what was the guy named from Fox Bill um O'Reilly O'Reilly I mean you know those I mean you know it takes one person finally saying this is what happened, and here's the proof. And when there's the proof, they go running, tail tuck. She didn't do that. So I think there, that we need to respect the fact that she's fighting for right. her name because apparently they don't have anything to really say that she was a part of this right? This, this whole charge. Yeah. And, and maybe on another um, podcast, we can talk about the whole notion of cancer uh, culture. And- what? <laughs> Oh, that's true. Cancel culture, yeah. What is we? We didn't discuss. She can enough. come back. She can come back. Yeah, Go next on. time I won't be a guest. I'll just be a member. <laughs> we didn't give you your peach <laughs> for the season. I took it. You know how shows. Andy have- Cohen did not give you your peach for the season. <laughs> No, I have a direct line to Tiffany. She, um, thank you. It also, you know, like on TV shows, like for our show, for instance, Cindy is MIA for a while because she's out saving lives. So she can, she's a nurse mom, by the way. She's a traveling nurse. Yeah. So, with with, was going to be someone else on, on right? With COVID, she hasn't been around. So, but you know how shows do fill in hosts, a rotating, yeah, right. (laughs) Guest hosts, they have guest hosts. That would be me. Yes. (laughs) 
I'll be in regular rotation. We don't need anybody else. Just put me in. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say. We'll sidebar. Well, we're we're gonna sidebar on that. Um, but yeah, for what's on my palette, I'm sorry, noteworthy. That's all I had. If you guys don't have anything else, we can go to break. Okay. No, but I think we should increase um the frequency of the recordings because it's getting so close to the election. Um <laughs> there's a lot on my palette. Mom, we can we can take this offline. Um <laughs> okay. Tiffany, let's let's break it off. Okay, so when we come back from the break, we will <laughs> Jump into the topic. All right. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We're going to dive into the topic today. Since we have a guest, my mother here, I thought it'd be fitting to maybe talk about something that we could all relate to. And just thinking about, like, my childhood and just growing up and friends and stuff like that, um, I wanted to talk about... um, just from childhood going to adulthood, how has it been just re, uh, maintaining relationships with childhood friends, um, your family, mother, father, um, even grandparents sometimes? Um, I know that once you reach that maybe teenage age, that college age, maybe from college, transitioning to a young, a young adult, um, it could be maybe... Uh, hard to adjust to someone that's growing versus, you know, oh. someone that you've known for your whole life. So, um, I guess uh, we'll save the guest for last. How about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, have you had or do you have any uh, input on um you can start with maybe your childhood friends and then to your parents uh, from childhood to now to adult. Like, has anything changed? Did you have to change anything um, as far as like your relationship dynamic? How did you maintain it? Um, what, how was that like? Um, well, most of my friends are childhood friends. Like, for That's instance, good. right. Yeah, with Cindy, for instance, I've known her since fifth grade. So we were what? How old are you in fifth grade? 11? 10? 10? Maybe. Right. So that's how long I've known her. And then with Kendra, I've known her since the seventh grade. So it's been a while. And I guess, yeah, both of them over 20 years. And I haven't really had to adjust much of anything with them as far as you know, our friendship goes, I do, I would, I will say a lot of my friends now are married. So, and they have kids. So that dynamic is a little different. Our conversations are a little different as far as me, you know, just checking on them. And before it was more so about where are you traveling to or what drinks have you tried and all of that. But now with them, it's like, well, he just started first grade and my <laughs> my husband is driving me crazy or something like that. But yeah, it's it's not the same kind of topics, but overall it's the same relationship. You know what I mean? They haven't changed or anything. It's just their yeah. focus is on other things. So yeah, I guess our conversations have obviously developed to more mature things, but with my childhood friends, I haven't 
really had to change who I am or anything. I will say I've had to adjust to mm-hmm. their new schedules and their new lifestyles with husbands and then kids. But that's about it. And then with my parents, I think that the older I get, the more they are able to rely on me. So mm-hmm. I have noticed that shift as opposed to when I was in college, they would call me to check on me. You know and I'm I'm saying? Like, it was more so about them asking me how I am. But now the older I get, I find myself talking to them more about how they're doing. Wow. Yeah. I, I see how when you get older and you continue to be older, the dynamic will change where you eventually become the parent. Wow. Uh, yeah. I noticed that. I mean, my parents... Oh, they're not elderly in the least bit, but, you know, when they're sick or they have to follow up on doctor's appointments or they'll call me to help them with technology, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. I've noticed that shift the older I get. And yeah, I mean, that's what I can say. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like uh, your siblings feel the same, like in regards to your parents? No. <laughs> you don't because I, tell I me why well because there's three of us but I feel like my parents always call me for everything and I think it's also because I'm the only single one like my both of my <laughs> sisters are married and both of them have kids so I feel like my parents may not do it on purpose but they're subconsciously thinking well the other two have everything going on in their household, but Tiffany's home by herself. So let's just call her. Do you <laughs> wait to, uh, Ma? I think you're you're the middle, right? To I am. Yeah, she's the middle, Mom. So just to kind of give you some background there. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and I think that I mean, my parents have never said that to me, but I feel like subconsciously that's what they're thinking. You know what I mean? They think that. I can help them more because I they they have this idea that I really don't have a lot going on. I mean, to an extent, that's true. <laughs> but I, yeah, so if, yeah, that's what I. In think. the event that, um, heaven forbid, maybe they fall ill or something, um, would you, do you see yourself like you know gathering up with your siblings, or do you just take the reins and just I got this, like I got to figure it out? I'll probably just take the reins myself and just try to I'll ask them for help obviously and just try to delegate but again I feel like subconsciously it would be expected of me to do the most because I don't have a husband or kids you know I I feel like sometimes people think that when you don't have a family you're obligated to do even more I think people just assume that because you don't have that in your life you, you're not doing anything. You know what I mean? Not everybody yeah, thinks that, but I gotta ask: like, do you always feel like that's been a thing? Yeah, um, I do. Since, I'm, I'm, but I'm saying, if it's always been a thing, it's not since your siblings have been married. Well, no, I mean, I feel like in the past, my parents have relied on me a lot, but it's just getting to the point now where it's just me like that's what they do my older sister's been married forever and the younger one she's been with her husband for like eight years so 
That's just what I assume. So, Tiffany, can I add some perspective for you? Oh, please do. I can understand why you would think that it's because you're single and you're more available and, you know, from your perspective, they think you have less going on. But yeah, as a parent Mm -hmm. and as a child of an of an elderly parent. The go-to is that child. I don't care if it's two, six, or eight children. It's going to be the child that they think that they can depend on the most to be there for them when their need is the greatest. So that is a compliment to you. And it's not in any way um, not allowing your siblings to have some credit and if the parents need something right um, they'll be there for them as well but the go-to as a parent is going to be the child that they think they can depend on the most that is you of free so it's not because you have more availability or you have more flexibility or because you're single they really deep down think that you're the one that they can depend on the most so that's a compliment that. to you. Yeah, I can see that too. Thank you. I can see that. So um, don't underestimate that they are taking for granted that you're more available or that you're, um, you know, you don't have a significant other. That really doesn't matter when it comes to you're looking across the, the spectrum of, of all my children I had to pull from if I or we are in a dire situation, or we're in an emergency need, who can I call on and they're going to respond the quickest? That is you. Yeah. Thanks. I and like there's that. Some, there's something in your upbringing that you, that's not something that just comes upon us suddenly. There's something in your upbringing that you demonstrated as a child going into adulthood, who you are now that you're the person that they're probably a most communicating with. Yeah. You're the person who's a most patient with them. You're the person who's probably most um, considerate of even when they're wrong. You kind of balance <laughs> it and kind of yeah. redirect the ship. So, so that's a compliment to you, and that's just how parents operate. Um, I'm, I'm one of six, and I've known for many, many years pre-marriage been married a number of years and my mom is in her her senior years and uh-huh. I know out of six kids she's going to call me first I know out of six kids if she needs to cohabitate with one of her children it's going to be with me and I'm okay with that yeah parents I'm just with- know yeah that makes sense you're right because that's funny you said that because one time my mom recently she called me she was like do you mind if you just show me this? Because I'm not going to call my other sister because she's not patient with me like you are. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I would, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. My mom has six and we all love her the same. We all have uber goober, you know, tons and tons of love for her, but we all have, certain things that we present to her yes and um you know I have there's three girls three boys and I know which boy she's going to go to 
for the most, and I know which girl she's going to come to for the most. And I know of the six of us, I know. And I'm not just talking financial. I mean, emotional. I mean, you know, I got to go to my doctor, you know, whatever it is, you know, you know which one that she's going to go to. And and Bria could probably co-sign on this if she had to look across her mom and her mom's five siblings. And I were to ask her, who do you think her grandmother would go to or rely on the most? I'm pretty much know who Bria would say but that's just we know what that is and but I don't ever think for a moment I couldn't depend on them if I needed them to kind of pitch in or come in and you know do whatever needs to be done so that's a nice perspective thank you yeah Yeah. all right well uh since we kind of bled into that uh Ma is there any other uh Anything else you'd like to say, like, uh, as far as, I guess, like, because um, I know you got married really young. You were, what, 21? One, 21. Just a uh, few years got... ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, when you got married, did you, and maybe, like, I know you spent some years in college and maybe going from high school to college. Um, did you find yourself um, having to adjust your relationship with grants or maybe, like, when you got married, did things get a little bit difficult as far as like communication? Because now you have a husband and, you know, you got your mom, of course, but maybe you're not by yourself. Like, how was that transition from adolescence to adulthood for you with your relationship with your mom? So that's a good question. And I did want to circle back to what Tiffany was saying. I have a group of friends that have been my friends for most of my life. I'm talking first, second, and third grade. And, I mean, I have newer friends, but when I tell you these are friends that I can pick up the phone and call them on any day, at any time, about anything, and I know their phone numbers by heart, I know, you know... I know their families like they were my families. They know my family like it's their family. I take friendships and relationships very, very seriously. And if I had to, and I'm I'm just saying this because Bree is my only, but if I had to tell her to pick seven or ten of my closest friends, we would probably be spot on who she would pick because I take friendships very seriously. I don't isolate or end friendships easily um that's probably the one thing that me and my child are very different on is you know you have to put in the work and maintain and it gets tough it gets tough but never ever have I ever just cut off a friendship without really going through the the why do we get here why are we here and how do we get through it I have friendships that have been, okay, so I'm going to lie. I have friendships. I'm going to lie. I'm going to admit that I I have friends that have been my friends for almost 50 years. And that's amazing. You stay true to who you are and you maintain those relationships. Again, I don't talk to friends every day. I don't talk to them every week. But you know in the back of the mind that when you're going through 
a crisis or a struggle or something that you really need to reach out to someone, you know who those friends are. And those friends for me at my age today are the same friends that they were when I was a teenager in high school because I cultivated and I nurtured those relationships and they mean a lot to me. And so as I transition into, to your point, Bria, early marriage, there was a healthy respect that I was married, then I became a mom. I don't have any friend that ever cut me off because they couldn't relate or that they didn't talk to me as much because they were still single and doing their thing. I We meet each other where we are. So I could be married and have been married for a while with kids. I still have a girlfriend that's been my friend for 40 something years who's not married, that doesn't have kids, but she's my best friend. And we meet each other where we are and we're there for each other. And I have a broad spectrum of friends, a good diverse of friends, some married, some not married, some married and divorced, some not in good relationship with their kids. We meet each other where we are and we are continuously trying to help each other through whatever whatever those challenges are. So friendship is very important to me. I nurture them the way I nurture our family. If I don't want to lose you, I'm going to make sure we're always in a good place. So that's pretty much my thoughts for you. That's comforting to hear. Um <laughs> I guess we've never like openly discussed it, but like you said, like the back of my hand, I know who your closest friends are. And I never really asked like how you guys stay friends or if you're just friends just because, you know, like growing up, you're like, oh yeah, that's my friend just because I know him for a long time, but there's no value. There's no substance there. And then you have people that you've known for a long time that there's truly something there. Like you said, I may not have to talk to you every day, maybe not every week, but there's a check in there where, you know, like, Hey, like I got you, you got me. That's it. And I think that's how it should be. And, um, and like, you know, the, the handful of friends I have, and I think you would say the same if I had to, you know, choose however many friends you would know, like A, B, C, and D, like these are the people that I hold near and dear but it's just interesting because sometimes maybe like out of the ordinary, you can know someone for your whole life and think that you're close with them. And then maybe a transition happens, whether they want to discuss it with you or not. And maybe the road will get rocky. And it's just interesting because sometimes people may not know how to get it back. Right. And I know that maybe I, I feel like I was a good kid growing up. And, you were great. You know, oh, thanks, kid. mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> but sometimes, you, you know, there are patches in the road. You know, maybe you're a teenager. You maybe you don't know how to, like, deal with things. You know, your hormones are going on and, you know, you're up and down and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like overall I was a good kid. But I remember, like, certain times where maybe – I didn't uh, express things the way that I should have. And because I didn't, um, there was a lot of like, maybe like, I don't want to say maybe tension, but you know, like you're just a teenager. And then off to college, you know, we've all heard that saying, oh yeah, you're 18 and you're quote unquote grown. You know everything. Like there was a patch there to where 
I feel like, you know, oh yeah, like I, yeah, I got this. I don't really, you know, but I'm however many years old I am now. And it's like circling back to where you need the people that will, you know, are in your corner, good, bad, and different. And it's important to be open and have those conversations with people because sometimes things aren't, things aren't always good, but if I get married, I know that I have my parents in my corner. If I stay single, I know I have my parents in my corner. If me and my parents get into a disagreement now to this day now, I know that we can discuss it and get over it, but that wasn't always the case. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think... Joy for me hearing this, but that's <laughs> honestly what it is. <laughs> But I think that, like, with any relationship, though, like your mom was saying, Bria, it just takes work. You yeah. know, it's a relationship. It's just either if it's a friendship or a romantic relationship or a relationship with a family member, you have to constantly work at it. And if it's really important to you, you will figure out how to maintain it. Right. It's about communication. <laughs> Exactly. And one thing that I will say that's key to to working those relationships, whether it's a friend or a family or a child or a mother, you know, you try and do it with love and positivity. And you sometimes have to agree to disagree, but it doesn't mean that it ends the relationship. Right. And we get to a point in life where we are on different spectrums of life. But I don't have a friend in my life that's a smaller you that makes me a bigger I. I meet them where they are because you never know what importance or value your voice has in their life. You may not feel that they're bringing a lot of value to you, but you got to be that kind of friend that knows that you're bringing value to them because without you, they don't have someone else can be who can be that transparent and honest and still love them despite of. That's true. So, you know, it, it really takes a, a mental balancing act to re, to to manage and, and maintain those relationships. Even when you don't agree, I, you know, I have nieces and nephews and, you know, siblings that oh my gosh, it can be a challenge. But I know I love them more than the thing that I disagree with them. So it's Ooh, worth it to me. That's some knowledge right there. I like that. that... Yeah, that's wisdom. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I love them more. You're thinking like, oh shoot, I don't have siblings, so I'm like, dang, I need to repair. Like, <laughs> what do I need to do? But yeah, it's it's great. It's great feedback. That is, yeah. I didn't, I never thought about it like that. Like, I love this person more than the challenge right now. Yeah, yeah. And don't under, and don't ever underestimate that. Although it's a pain and a chore and a challenge for you to reach out to said person or family member or friend, you have to know at the end of that conversation what it means to that person because you don't know where they are. And whatever their journey or their challenge is and what it means to them. And if I can be that person that made that difference, that I'm here for you, I support you, it 
it makes a difference because we have to meet people at different points and different places in their life. So don't just take it for granted that they don't need to hear from you. They don't need to know that you still love them. We don't agree. And, you know, I'm not still where you are, but I'm still here for you. That makes a big difference. It does. Give, give me my flowers while I'm alive. Mm, that's also true. Yeah. I like that. Oh, I love yeah. our new co-host. Come through, Mom. Come, Come through. through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you guys have anything else to add? I feel like that was a great note to end it on. That was so good. Oh man, that was so bomb. Um, mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you have anything else to add on? No, I just wanted to say to you and Tiffany that you know I've been trying to be a guest (laughs) podcast member for a long, long time. So I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to both of you for allowing me to come and you know share my little thoughts and you know my perspective. It's been great hearing from you guys and what you think and how you process things so I very much appreciate you allowing me to be a part of it and sharing my my opinion so thank you so much ladies I love hearing your opinion because I feel like it just has you know so much more like depth it it adds a lot more to the conversation uh, you know because it's just you've you know a lot more than us so I love to listen yeah, no, this is non-biased, but I was not prepared for uh, a checking of myself, <laughs> like, <laughs> internally, just from, like, because we don't, like, talk like this all the time, Mom. It's, it's no disrespect to you or anything, but just to, like, have an open forum and, you know, have these types of discussions, it's just, like, eye-opening because it's like, oh, dang, like, I never thought about it like that because me, Cindy, Kendra, and Tiffany are pretty well around about the same age right but we've never had uh any feedback or we always just like gripe and moan maybe about like stuff that's going on with us and never solicit feedback from someone that has maybe gone through certain things so it's just refreshing to hear you know that feedback and um uh, you know just maybe encouraging things and things to look forward to as we you know get older and stuff like that so um, yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Um, I was so a little much. nervous, but it, <laughs> I think it, I think it turned out great. Um, so yeah, I, nothing I else. It. Yeah, if nothing else, uh, Tiffany, go ahead and sign us off. Okay. Well, as always, don't ever forget that real girls are never perfect, and perfect girls are never real. Until next time, when we do an episode about cancel culture. <laughs> 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 we can chat later next week. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Have a good evening. Thank you. Alrighty. We'll see you guys. Bye. Bye. Adios.